The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Good morning and welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod and I'm drowning in toys, which is where I like to be. I'd rather be there than any place else, of course, and to be here with you guys. So, so thrilled that you are here. You're watching Autism Live on the Autism Network in the middle of the Festival of Toys. There's no sweeter place to be, at least for me. Uh, I hope that you're uh, ready because we we're going to show you a bunch of toys today and talk about why they're great for our kiddos, our tweens, our teens, our adults, and for caregivers as well. So uh, we're glad, and you know, we're also going to be talking about autism from a 360 degree perspective. So it's a good place to be. We're live right now on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and about a dozen other places. Traven will cycle through some of those different places for you that you can be watching, starting with our homepage, autism-live.com. But our homepage is sort of split business right now. You can find us. You can. We want you to start going to autismnetwork.com. It's a brand new website, which means that there's going to be little things that happen. But um, <clears throat> excuse me. We hope that you'll tell us when there's a thing. Be a part of making that website what you need it to be and what our community needs to be. And by the way, when I say our community, I am talking about the people that we serve because our mission here is to provide information and inspiration to that larger autism community. You know, if you watch the show that for me, of course, that starts with individuals who are on the autism spectrum. Of course, of course, of course, what they want, what they need, what their thoughts, concerns, and considerations are. But we also, got a frog, sorry. We also include in that community everyone who loves those individuals and wants to help things that are important to them. I count myself as one of the people in that category. I have a wonderful, fabulous, amazing son who was diagnosed with autism at the age of two and a half. And he is experiences right now experiencing his last day of the first semester of his college career. And then tomorrow we're in finals. So check back with me this first time that we've done this in college. We'll see how it goes. Uh, But he's doing great. He's, he's amazing. He's wonderful. So um, I had said many years ago when I was in that place as a parent where I was like, I don't know what to do. My child had just been diagnosed and I was like, please, out of all the things that I've done in my life, please don't let me mess this one up. Right. And it was, and I was a hundred percent sure that I was going to mess it up because I didn't know what to do. And there wasn't anybody telling me what to do. So we want to be here for all of you. If you're in that category, welcome. Let us put our, put our arms around you. We know how important your kiddos, no matter what age they are, if they're newborns, one, 22, or 102, they're still your kids, right? Um, so we know how much you want to help them. But we also want to leave room for the voices of the adults that are on the spectrum as well, because there there is much to talk about, because the autism spectrum is exactly that. It's a spectrum. It's people in lots of different considerations lots of different places in their life um, with different needs. It's not a one size fits all. So we welcome all of you is what I'm trying to say. And a lot of times we have experts here on the show. 
we, we've paused that uh, for today for our uh, Festival of Toys. Uh, but I, you know, I, I think we should all become experts in toys. So let's and play because play is a great way for all of us to de-stress. It's a great way to learn. And we all need that, whether you are a two-year-old on the spectrum or you are 102 and do not consider yourself neurodivergent, we all need to be able to play and learn and grow, right? And we should have fun while we're doing it. So uh, that's kind of why we, we talk about the, uh, the world of play. And I don't know about you, I, I'm the fun aunt. You know that when I'm around my nieces and nephews who are all adults and have their own kids now... And, and so I have grandnieces and nephews. I'm the fun aunt. If you, I used to be everybody's favorite pick to babysit. Um, I, you know, we have this thing when I go into grocery stores, my son and I were if there before COVID. Now in COVID, it's a little bit different, right? But if there was a, a kid that was there, we would set a timer of how many seconds before mom could get the child engaging and being silly with her. Um, that's, you know, that's my shtick. Uh, Because I didn't have my own kids for a lot of years. Then I had my own kid and my shtick didn't work. And it was devastating to me. It made me sad. It made me feel like a failure. I didn't know what was quote unquote wrong. And uh, I I thought it was something wrong with me. And then people started telling me it was something wrong with my child. None of that was true. It was just that he... First of all, the role was different. So I'm mom. It took years for him to realize that I'm the funny person that I am. Years, over a decade. Um, But also, he played in a different way and he was interested in different things. And I just needed a key into that. But until I did, I felt and even sometimes I will admit now, I'm like, oh, I don't I don't know. And when we don't know, it can be um, scary. So let's talk about ways that we can play with our kids and, and, and put the fear aside and put the blame aside and, and put the wrong aside. There's no wrong. Wrong can go bye-bye. Um, but let's, let's talk about how, how we do things and have it be that fun and that learning environment because our kids can learn, do learn, and they would prefer to do it having fun, just like us. So let's not shortchange them for that. Uh, we're going to tell my computer to not restart right now. Snooze. Uh, okay. So, um, We talked about uh, the fact that uh, we welcome all of you. Please feel free to write in now in the chat. You can, if you're on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, you can be um, chatting right now with us. Tell us where you're watching from or what's going on with you. We love to interact with you. Uh, All right. And then we are going to do more of the Festival of Toys today. In fact, today we're talking about... In our toy guide, we have an entire category of toys that won awards for social skill building. So we're going to be talking about the social skill builders today, and uh, we're talking about our boredom busters, So, because there's nothing worse than a bored kid. We cannot have bored humans. My mother always used to say, you're not allowed to be bored. Bored is a sign that she used to say that it was a sign uh, that you weren't intelligent. That I think that's wrong. But I think that when we allow people to become bored, we're not allowing them to grow. Let's look at it that way. Let's language it that way. So boredom, not allowed. Boredom, not allowed. Um, 
or if it pops up, let's put it to good use and turn it around. Okay. But first we want to start with our, and I just keep holding, this is, this is, I, I was a little late getting here this morning and this was the reason why we're going to talk about this fellow in just a second, but I love him so much. So I'm holding him. Uh, but first we, uh, we like to start with the jargon of the day. This is when we take on one word, one phrase, one acronym. We try to figure out what in the hey nani nani are those experts talking about? Why do they have to make it so difficult? Can't they just tell it to us in plain language? Uh, I would appreciate that, right? Um, but what we do see is that when you make friends with the jargon, you will get more for the time that you spend with your experts. So we take it one word, one phrase, and an acronym at a time. We tell you, first of all, the actual definition, and then often we make fun of that. And then... <laughs> because it's a hobby. And then we give you a working definition and try to put it into context so that you begin to understand. If you don't quite get it, you're not allowed to beat yourself up about it. These are hard terms and they're experiential terms. I guarantee you that once you hear it and then see it and hear it again, you'll start to begin to understand it. And sometime, maybe a year from now, you'll go, oh, that's what they're talking about. And that's really what we want, the lights to go off for ourselves and and for everyone in our lives, right? So today's jargon term goes right hand in hand with what we're talking about, toys, uh, and why the, it helps us understand why this is so important. So we've talked about functional pretend play. We've talked about imaginative play. We've talked about creative play. And today we're going to talk about sociodramatic play, which will which will play right into our hands with, uh, with the toys that we're going to talk about this week. Uh, it's an evil plot. Uh, so here we go. Let's look at the actual definition of sociodramatic play and see how highbrow the experts got with this. Sociodramatic play, play which involves acting out scripts and scenes inspired by real life, books, cartoons, and other media. Individuals take or assume roles using themselves and or characters like dolls, figures, and puppets as they interact together on common themes. Well, doesn't that sound like fun? Um, but, you know, it's not the worst definition. You begin to get a feeling of like, oh, it's like um, maybe doing a little play or pretending to be somebody in your favorite book or your the, the show that you watch, right? Um, but let's take a look at what our... Uh, working definition is see if we can't drill down a little bit more, get a little bit more specific. It's make believe or pretend play, but there's the extra added component to it that you get to be someone else. So we might play house. And when we go to play house, I'm, I might play myself or, but I might play myself in a circumstance like, you know, oh, the house is on fire because we always have conflict when we're playing, right? And what do we do when the house is on fire? Well, I, you know, go to this checkpoint and meet my parents there. Uh, notice that I picked something that you go, oh, that doesn't sound like play, except that this is this goes to the core of why we do play because we take on other things and other circumstances than what's happening right now and we can come to a resolution on it without any fear panic you know and other emotional strife so um and that is exactly why we do sociodramatic play it's a chance to try things on and see how they go so um in in the scenario that i brought up about you know the house is on fire so we all have to leave the house it's a great way to rehearse what would we do if the house were on fire but here 
In the first circumstance, maybe I'm playing myself. I'm Bobby and I'm the middle child and I know that I have to go to the checkpoint. But maybe we play it again and Bobby gets to be the firefighter who comes to the house, who checks at the checkpoint to see, is everybody here? Is everybody safe? So Bobby can take Bobby can take different roles, which is the beginning of perspective taking, which will be a big part of the social skills that we will need to employ the rest of our lives, right? So sociodramatic play is so important in so many different categories. Um, on Thursday, we're going to go over our social and employment empowering toys. And believe me, if you want to empower employment in your child's sociodramatic play is a great way to do it because I'm a five-year-old. I don't get to go be a fireman, but I can pretend that I am. And I can try that on for size and I can see how people react to me when I'm a firefighter. And I might do, I might pretend play some things that I do as a firefighter. And then I might go, "Mm, I didn't really like that. So the next time I might be the teacher or I might be the mom or I might be the dad and I might be the mom who's an accountant or I might be the dad who's a principal of a school, right? I get to try on and layer these different roles. Now, sometimes sociodramatic play um, is about the costume. You know, um, I I always say to people after Halloween, go and buy all of the 90% off costumes that you think will fit your child in the next couple of years. The ones that you can afford, don't, don't lose your mind, but, and then save your Halloween costumes because what a great play date that everybody gets to try on all the costumes and then say, you know, all right, let's play pretend while you're in the costumes. And at a certain point, you know, you want to prompt the play and then you want to stand back and watch them interact and see what they do. Dr. Phil always talks about you need a safe place to fail. (gasps) Play is the safe place to fail. And, and we all have failures in our life. Um, um, and, you know, so hopefully, so hopefully so many of them that you lose track of them. And the reason why I say hopefully is because unless we're trying things, then, um, you know, and, and, and if we're not ever failing, then that means we haven't tried enough things, right? Um, but, but when you're young, especially you want to try on as many things as you can. And Parker says there are so many types of play. Amen to that, Parker. Um, but I feel like this is a really important one that it's very easy if your child has been diagnosed with autism, um, and we certainly talk about it here, early intervention, early intervention, early intervention. But a lot of people walk away with that thought and think, oh, okay, my child is sitting at a table and, and we're saying, touch this, touch that. Well, that is the, that's the video that everybody shows, but that is the smallest beginning step of intervention. Part of intervention is this, that your child should be playing and trying on different characters and trying on different voices and doing different things. Now, different ages, different levels of age appropriate. Eventually, this can be doing a theater class, which we've discovered and science has shown us really helpful especially, you know, for our teens, tweens, and and young adults. We have Dr. Carrie Magro and Dr. Temple Grandin, both individuals on the spectrum, talking about that one of the best things that they did um, that their moms had them do was to do theater classes. Well, that's sociodramatic play. 
but we can start it when they're little, little, little. Um, and good morning, Miss Brenda Lee. We can start it by, you know, playing house and giving them an opportunity to say, you know, who do you want to be? Do you want to be the mom, the dad? Do you want to be the dog? You know, and we take on the character of the dog and think about that. So if I'm going to play the role of the dog, and for a lot of kids, they might need to be prompted. Well, what does the dog say? What does the dog do? Right. And so then they have an opportunity to do that. And then the next time, so we play that for five minutes and then say, okay, now, now you be the mom. Um, it's a great thing to be able to do. I always encourage to the heart therapist told us when my son was at that age, they were like, you need to cultivate, find the girl in his preschool class. That's the biggest bossy gut girl you know, the girl who just likes to have it her way. And my mom would have called them the cruise director. The one who's like, you do this, you do that. Uh, just takes charge, true leader. Uh, a lot of us used to be bossy gut girls. And a lot of times bossy gut girls don't get invited to play dates because people are like, I want to turn to be the leader, right? And bossy gut girls maybe have a harder time learning that give and take. Well, at this stage of development, it's a great idea to make friends with the bossy gut girl, have her come for the play date because they will prompt your child into playing until they can, then they go, oh, these are what the rules are. So um, yeah, Parker says, isn't theater just sociodramatic play on steroids? Yes, Parker, that's exactly right. Uh, sending you love because that's, you know, ding, 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 ding. Exactly. Um, and it's beneficial to everyone uh, to be able to, to do, you learn so many social skills, you get to learn about things from another point of view. And they also, one of the things about taking theater classes is that they always teach relaxation with theaters to combat stage fright and things like that. So you get a twofer. You're working on stress management and actually it's a threefer because you're working on, uh, you know, maybe four so many things. You're working on physical, you're working on vocal, um, so many things. So yes, but but don't wait until your 16-year-old is 16 to start theater. Although if you haven't started, now's a good time, right? But you can do this with three-year-olds. You can pretend with three-year-olds. And and sometimes you model um that you know you you put on you you put on the puppet and you do the voice for the puppet, right? Um, and then you take the puppet off and you give it to the child and then they do a voice. Whoo, this is my area. I love this more than anything else on the face of the planet. We did lots of puppet shows. We have a puppet theater we bought at a garage sale. Best $10 I ever spent. Uh, anyway, can you tell I get excited about this? Sociodramatic play, super fun for our kids, super functional for them, really helpful on so many different levels. So don't leave it out of your repertoire. Uh, I know some of you are coming up on a period of time in which your kiddos are going to have less services and that it can be that, <gasps> what are we going to do? You all have socks in a drawer somewhere, which means you have puppets. I'm imagining that you probably have some sort of a marker. Um, you, all you got to do is draw some eyes on that sock and you got a sock pocket puppet and you've got at least an hour worth of fun with your kiddo. Make sure it goes back and forth. But then from there, you know, stretch it out, do make believe, pretend play sociodramatically. All right, moving on, we always have a question of the day for you. And you can write in and tell us on any of the platforms that you're watching. 
and I think it's a great question. I just got very excited about talking about sociodramatic play because it makes me happy. What are you excited about right now? What is there in your life that you're excited about? And the reason why I ask you this question is because I know this can be a hard time for a lot of people. And we always have the choice every day to look at the glass half empty or look at the glass half full. And you might be in a great deal of pain and grief right now because the holidays bring up things and people that we've lost. Yeah. Um, And we all want that Rockwell holiday experience. And it very rarely ever is that. In fact, the only Rockwell uh, Christmas that I feel I had was the most challenging the one where I was just, you know, crawling to get through it. Um, But if you're in that space right now, there's always the opportunity to take just a minute and think, you know, what are you grateful for? Or what are you excited about? Is there anything on your list right now that you're excited about? Uh, And Parker says, I'm excited to see my family on Saturday. Uh, There's family that I haven't seen since COVID began that I will see. Isn't that awesome? That's something to be excited about. I'm excited for you, Parker. So what about the rest of you guys? And Parker also says, I saw an autistic kid play a part in the play Godspell and I saw the kids shine. Oh, I love hearing that. We have so many actors on the spectrum that are wildly talented, wildly talented. Um, And I think it's a wonderful, you know, there are a lot of things you could try, right? But I think that giving your kiddo an opportunity to try in a theater setting, because of all the things we just talked about, really beneficial. But then some people find that, oh my gosh, this person has a wild amount of talent. So I'm thrilled to hear that. I love Godspell. It's one of my favorite musicals. Uh, okay. So moving on, I got, I'm, I'm like back to my train. I got to pick up my train. Um, so <laughs> moving on, we always have a topic of the week and our topic this week, as we round the corner on the festival of toys, um, is making an educationally rich environment. So your child is walking and, and you, let's be honest, you, we're all walking around and we have these little bubbles around us and, and uh, what's around us kind of bumps in and, you know, comes in sensory wise and, and comes at us. Sometimes we have control over the environment and sometimes we barely have control over the environment. So we want to make sure that we're only trying to take control over the things that we can. But whenever we're talking about individuals who are at a skill deficit, um, that where there are things that they're maybe behind in terms of the developmental scheme of things, there's things we want them to learn. Um, and, and let's just put it in that context. If we want to, we want somebody to learn something, we know science has shown us clearly that if they have an immersive experience, they learn faster. It's the reason why people spend a semester abroad if they're trying to learn a language. You can spend three years in the classroom, but to Spain for one semester, you're going to come back speaking Spanish in a much different way than the three years in the classroom, right? Makes a certain amount of sense. So for our kiddos that are on the spectrum that um, are are behind, you know, we once you get a diagnosis, one of the first things that you should do is, is get an assessment to see where is the skill set, where are we behind? And it's very typical that our kids will be a year or more behind in, in skills that are really important for them, right? And what we want to do is catch them up as fast as we can. And sometimes it's skills that we took for granted that, that there are kids who are, 
uh, neurotypical that are just little sponges. They just pick stuff up as they go, right? And that's an ideal circumstance, but it's not everybody's circumstance. So when we're playing catch up, what we want to do is create this educationally enriched environment. So that means that there's an opportunity for learning to happen every waking hour. Dr. Doreen Grampiche talks about this all the time that, you know, they set the, for ABA, for the age range of three to five, they set the, the hour amount for professional ABA at 40 hours a week, because those were the hours that they had workforce available, but they made it very clear, even in the first LOVAS study that showed that that was effective, that the parents needed to go home and be doing more of it everything that had been done during the 40 hours, during the hours that they were home. And that's really about setting up an educationally enriched environment. Part of that is having good quality toys that teach skills. Part of that is not allowing boredom. Part of that is, is, you know, um, there are always moments. And if you think about it, think about like, what's the most challenging part of the day for you? Or when you leave the house, when does it become challenging? And a lot of times when I'm talking to parents, they'll be like, well, you know, it was fine. We left the house and then we went to the store and we were at the store for 45 minutes and then they had the meltdown. Well, yeah, because somewhere in that 45 minutes, the child got bored and needed more input than what was happening because they weren't growing, they weren't learning. And then they seek out something. They seek a sensory experience. They seek a connection. They seek to keep themselves awake or stimulated. So that's when we get into problems, right? And what we find is if we keep them engaged in something, then we often we had all of that off at the pass. Now, one of the things that we've all discovered is, oh, hand them an iPad or a phone. And now the kid is happy and I can go do my own thing. Well, okay. I'm not opposed to the phones and the iPads uh, across the board. I think we have to meter how close our children are to them because we don't, you know, we know that they set off certain electrical things and that it, It's not great for brain development. So we don't want them to spend eight hours with a phone close to their heads. You know, that's just not a good thing. But also when you are giving them the phone, let's say you're at the grocery store and you're like, I really got to get the grocery shopping done. Here's my phone. You're happy. I'm happy. I can pay attention to what I'm uh, paying attention to. But what are they doing on the phone? Is it educationally enriched or is it, you know, something that isn't? And there are so many choices of things that are educationally enriched. Pick that, right? But also sometimes when you're not harried, keep the phone in the bag and instead play games with them while you're shopping and keep them engaged Um, so that you pick up the cereal box, you give it to them and say, Find the dog on the cereal box. Well, now they're engaged and you still have a minute to read ingredients and they're looking for the dog. And when they say dog and point to it, you know, it's, it's a, you know, you stop for a second and go, yes, there's the dog and then give them the next thing. Or I used to love to play I spy with my son in the grocery cart. So uh, Parker wants to know, is ABC mouse good for kids on the spectrum? I saw an ad for it and I'm wondering. You know, Parker, I haven't actually done ABC Mouse, but I know some parents who've had, and it's been, you know, I've, I've heard some good things. There have been some kids that, um, that weren't at a level to be able to access it. 
Um, so I think it's a sort of, it's, it's an educational program online. It's, it's research to be interesting for kids. Um, so that's great. And it's, I think that's a better use of time than a lot of other things that kids do. Um, but even if they're playing a game that's like super gratifying for them, I'll bet you anything, there's a way to find an educational component in it. And then you just got to key into that. Yeah. So anyway, um, that's our topic for this week is how do you make an educationally rich environment at 24 seven, every waking hour, we want them to be educationally enriched. So, uh, we're going to jump into the toy guide now. So you guys can find the toy guide. We put the toy guide out every year and have for many, many years. And uh, you can find it in a couple of different places right now. It exists on autismnetwork.com. There's a toy guide uh, button. And if you push it, it, there's a drop down menu that you can pick what age range you want to look at. Now, there's a big asterisk in my head where that's concerned, because I encourage you to look at all of the age ranges to see all of the toys, because some of them are not age specific. We just thought, ooh, that's a particularly good toy for a tween, but it might also be a good toy for an adult. So don't be bound by the age restrictions. But I will ask you each that if you have young kiddos, make sure that the toys that you get are age appropriate for your child in terms of choking hazards. That's the one thing that I will ask you to do for yourself. Um, But okay, so we're going to start out by, within each age range, there are 16 different toy awards. And today we're going to talk about the social uh, toy awards in each one of those age range categories. And then we're going to talk about the boredom busters in each range. So let's start with our baby and toddler social skills, because social skills are so many things. And one of the things in social skills is self-regulation. So this sloth, and these come in different, uh, this is from Skip Hop and they come in different, there's a panda, there's other different types, but this is the cry activated soother sloth. So this is a toy that you can give to a baby or toddler. And if they cry, it um, gives off um, little noises and it's soft. It's super soft. And isn't he just the cutest thing ever um, to help soothe the child and help them to soothe themselves. If you are in the mindset and in the period of time in which you aren't automatically going and picking up the child, people have many different thoughts on this, but eventually people need to be able to soothe themselves to go to sleep. The longer that you wait for this, you know, um, sometimes the harder that it can be. I, I don't want to, you know, everybody has a different answer. Every child is different, but if you are in a space where you want to begin to teach self-regulation for self-soothing, this is a cute little sloth. You have to admit he's super duper fun. Okay. So moving on now to preschool, then we get into a little bit more intense, a little bit more social, but we're still side by side, not interacting play, right? At a certain age, kids play next to each other and then they start to play together. So for the preschool category, we're doing some modeling here. How much do do you remember this from when you were a kid, the Fisher Price little bus? Well, Uh, What I love about it now is that it's called Sit With Me School Bus because it is uh, the focus with this bus is that you make a friend and sit with your friend on a bus. Now, before your kids go off to school, this is a great toy to model that, that we sit with our friends 
and that we uh, demonstrate good behavior and we're patient with our friends. So I've always loved the Fisher-Price school bus and I love that they've got this sort of inclusion spin on it now. It's really good toy. That's why it's our award winner in this category. Moving on to school aged from Gridley Games, who we really enjoy. They have this amazing game. It's called Rainbows and Storms. And what it is, is a way to create your own board game. I know. Stop the presses. So um, there are stickers that come with it. And you can do this on your own or you can do it with a friend. But imagine all the things. So if if I was doing this with a school-aged child, I would sit down with them and say, okay, you're going to make the game, but who are you going to play this game with? And then start to work on it in terms of that. So if you're playing it with your best friend, uh, Latrice, what is Latrice like? Like what colors does she like? Unicorns, like what stickers do we want to put on this to be able to play with Latrice? And you got to be thinking about you know, what, you know, how do you win the game? Um, and what are you learning from the game? It's really cute and it's very user-friendly um, for young kids. So we said for school age, this is very, very appropriate for our kids because you can't mess it up. It's just questions. You can make it hard or easier. So this is a, a game that could grow with someone. Okay, moving on to t- Teen Tween. I actually have it here somewhere. This game is tearing it up all over the internet. Um, this is from Gutter Games. And uh, they have other games that are, are not appropriate for tweens and teens. But this particular game is called Beat That. If you ever watched Minute to Win It, um, it's kind of like that in a box. But it gives you all of, we had fun. This is one of the games that we did when I was over at Dr. Grampy Shay's. And we had fun with this. It comes with all these tokens. It comes with chopsticks to be able to pick things up. Um, it comes with a lot of ping pong balls and um, solo cups. So that and and there are cards that that come with it that give you a challenge. And the challenge can be a group challenge or an individual challenge. And it can be things like um, there's dice in here too. There's just all these fun things to be able to do all these games. It can be a thing where everybody has. Um, the, their cups in front of them and they get two balls and you have to be able to pick up the balls with the, the chopstick and do it in the fastest time. Uh, and everybody can be competing against each other or they can do it individually. Uh, so everything that you would need to play all the games is in here. It's super duper fun. Uh, well packaged. Really love it. We laughed hysterically while we were playing this. It's really challenging. Kind of gets you out of your regular routine. And it is a great game to um, build social skills with because you are going to fail. These games are meant to be stuff that not everybody can do and you won't be able to do it the first time. And so you you laugh at the failure. You're, you work on good sportsmanship and, and being able to deal with the disappointment of it. Really, really good for that, for t- teens and tweens. I've got so many toys behind me. Uh, all right, moving on. When we get to adulthood, adulthood, you know, there's a lot of different things as we work up to adulthood, but in adulthood, we really want adults to be able to have lots of opportunities to socialize and to be in environments in which they can try their skills out, right? 
And so that means being out in the world. Now, I know that in the last two years, it's been really hard and there's been a lot of Zoom things and it's not ideal. But as adults get back into going out into the, the world, the problem becomes that it costs money. That if, if they want to go and meet a friend at a coffee shop, that costs money. So what we recommended for the best gift to be able to give an adult on the spectrum to work on social skills was a Visa gift card so that they can go to a restaurant or they can go to a movie or they can go someplace. We think that, that giving them the power to not have finance uh prevent them from going, it was the best possible gift for friends and family to give them because uh, it really puts them in the catbird seat to be able to do that. And likewise, when we got to the caregivers for what's the social thing that caregivers want, whether it's getting together with other people or getting together with the family, what do we all want? Someone else to cook the dinner. <laughs> So we recommended a $50 uh, DoorDash gift card uh, because nothing says love like not making me do dishes or not having to cook, right? Isn't that what every caregiver says? So um, those were our social, uh, and then it gives you an opportunity to not be in the kitchen and be with your family and socialize or to be with the friends who have come over. So we highly recommend that. Uh, wonderful. Now I want to move over now to the boredom busters. So the first one that we've got is the baby one, and I'm going to find it here somewhere, from Fat Brain Toys. Uh, we, we love the, the Dimple Duo toys. So this is um, the Dimple Duo for uh, babies, and we love to demo these with Sunny. And so we've got another video with uh, Dr. Grampiche's son, Sunny. Um, but first of all, I want to say that this is all really well-made BPA free plastic, um, that's got a good feel to it. And, and we've got our, our bubbles, right? But I love this because fat brain always does things well, two-sided. So how many different things can I teach a baby here? We're working on fine motor skills and there's these nubs at the end that make it infinitely easier to hold. So how do we make a, 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 an enriched environment for babies and toddlers when we have to drive someplace? Well, you put this in the baby's hands and now they're getting all this tactile input. So on one side, first of all, we're, we're giving them the text. We know that babies aren't going to understand this now, but they begin to put the connections together that it says it's a circle, a triangle, a square. Notice that there's, I don't know if you can see, but there's the braille buttons on it as well. Sensory input. Fabulous, right? But it partners. This is a circle um, and I can push it, right? And I get that very satisfying pop. Everybody loves these, right? It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter if you're on the spectrum or not. Everybody loves these. Excuse me. So I've got circle, triangle, all these exemplars, but I also notice I also have colors. So, I, so can you push the red button? right? I can be teaching this later on. But at first, babies are just going to play with this and they're going to pop it and they're going to push it and they're building hand skills. That's not nothing. Uh, that's a very important hand skill, right? But notice on the flip side of it, 
um, I now just have the colors and I have those in text and I have those in Braille. So this is one of those great, simple toys, well-made, that's going to last a couple of generations and I can teach so many things, but I could just put this in the child's hands and, and it's still an educationally enriched environment. So fat brain, they make so many good things. You guys gotta love fat brain. So that is our baby and toddler boredom buster. We don't want them to get bored. Now we finally get to the discovery toys, uh, motor train. So here's this lovely little, little guy, uh, comes in this cute little box and I took a minute, it comes not assembled, but um, this is our preschool toy, by the way, that won the award. I w took the trouble to put it together. Look at it comes with the little screwdriver. And I love that I have to put the screwdriver together because that's going to teach how screwdrivers are because most screwdrivers now come interchangeable. And I have two different colors of screws. So they're color coded for what spot they go in. And, and I would give this, I would put it together and give the toy to the child um, and use it as, you can't see on my desk, but it has movement and it can roll. And I would give it to the child like this for now. But I would save the screwdriver for later on because a lot of our kids are super duper handy and they want to understand how something goes together. And we, But the problem is they're often behind in the fine motor skills. They'll have the executive function of, mm, I see how this goes together, but they can't un undo the, the screws. This really helps with that because now this toy, um, they can take and unscrew the whole thing and put it back together and learn how it goes back together. I love toys like this where they have the play screws and come apart. Nobody does it better than Discovery Toys. So, uh, and in fact, in a minute, I'm going to do a love letter to Discovery Toys. But this is a great toy to give a child first to play with. But then when they start to realize, let me just tell you, when my son was three years old, he could take apart a flashlight in under three seconds, right? And I couldn't have a flashlight because he would take it apart. And we finally got him uh, a toys like this that that came with, um, and, and by the way, Discovery Toys has bunches of these, uh, not just the train, but I, I, you know, a lot of our kids are really into trains. You can start with a train. Uh, there goes my dog. Um, but there's so many other ones and they come with different screwdriver attachments. And there's even like one that's like a power drill, good stuff. Um, when we finally got my son, things like that boy, he was so excited and he would work to be able to play with those toys. We learned a whole new set of things and he wasn't taking apart the electronics in my house. He once had to stay in the hospital because he had rotavirus. He tried to take apart the hospital bed, you guys, uh, <laughs> Just, you know, and you don't want to discourage that. You just want to focus it and put it in the right way, right? Okay, moving on to our school age. Uh, for our kiddos who are school age, we recommended for the Boredom Buster. Uh, this is another Ann Williams craft. We love this. This is surprise balls. You know, our kids um, in this generation are really into those LOL surprise balls and other surprise balls. And we love that. That's great. And if they're into that, super fun. But this is wonderful because they can make their own and it comes with a bunch of things, but they could also put other things in as well. It comes with charms to put in it. So especially during the holidays to begin to teach them all kinds of perspective taking. Well, who do we want to make a gift for? Uh, well, our friend Becky. Well, what is Becky like? Well, Becky likes rainbows. Oh, we have a rainbow charm. So now we're going to put the rainbow in the middle and we're going to wrap it up. And um, so that when she unfurls it, it'll be the last thing that drops off. So it's a whole lot of 
thinking, executive functions about how do I put the ball together, but they'll have a ball doing it. But I would really encourage you to give it, have them give it to someone so that, that they can watch them unwrap it to see all their handiwork. I just love this. I love that the um, you can make it personalized, make all these different characters. And like all Anne Williams crafts, it comes with everything you need in this box. Now you could add other things to it if you wanted to, but you don't need to go to the store and buy another thing. How much do we love that? Clean up super easy, but this is a great boredom buster activity um, for boys or girls because you can customize it however you want. I love Ann Williams. So, so smart. So surprise balls. Moving on for our boredom busters. Oh, for the teen tween from Hasbro. Um, this is, uh, you know, when we start to get into the tween and teen, we really want to cater to what their interests are and really start getting very specific. So this may not be the toy for everyone, but for the kiddo in your life that likes music, this is kind of crazy. It's a very good price point because it looks like it's super hyper expensive. It's not. But for the kiddos who are into music and maybe, you know, might have an interest in being a DJ, super cool game that allows them to put together different beats and create their own music. So we absolutely love this. Um, there's an interactive component with um, uh, online for this game so that they can add different beats to it. It's it's a really, I think, a very specific and special, but a lot of times tweens and teens, they either are really into music or we're trying to foster their interest in music. This looks at music in a different way and it's super clever. So we love this from Hasbro. Uh, also in the music category, but we're talking about board and busters, but music can be a great board and buster. We love show and hut, uh, musical instruments. And for, so for our adults, this is a thumb piano. If you've never seen one of these, I actually have one around here somewhere, but I don't know where I put it. Um, but these are great because they're tuned to different, um, sounds, but each one of those little prongs, when you plink it, it makes a noise. So you can very easily just de-stress and, and play away on it. Uh, can stick it in a pocket and for a moment of boredom can, can compose a little song or the, um, the, the notes are imprinted on the little metal keys and you can get a songbook and actually learn how to play a song on it. Uh, I love them. And I think it's a great gift to give an adult. It's a little bit easier than say playing a ukulele. Um, but that's our next thing that for caregivers, for a boredom buster, I know I'm going to get grief about this, but I think there were so many of us in COVID who said we wanted to learn how to play the ukulele and why. Why did we want to learn how to play the ukulele? Because it's easy. This is what they tell me. My ukulele is around here somewhere. Um, it's easy to learn. You, it, you don't have to have a whole bunch of accoutrement to be able to do it. And I love this particular, this is from Donner and it's a whole kit. So it comes with carrying, you know, things to put it in so it doesn't get dusty because you don't want your guitars and ukuleles to get dusty. A tuner, everything you need is in this starter kit. If they... If they only play it twice, it's worth it. Um, it's a great stress release and it's interactive. If you want to learn to play the ukulele and play it for your kids, uh, it can be a really fun thing. But 
it's supposed to be worlds easier, you know, that you can learn to play the ukulele within one day. I had so many goals in COVID and I did so many things in COVID. I have not mastered the ukulele yet, but it's on my list that I'm still, I'm going to be able to do that at some point. Music though is a great boredom buster. So this is a great gift for caregivers. Now I mentioned before that if we had time that I wanted to do a little bit of a love letter to Discovery Toys. Uh, they've got a whole new line of toys that they sent. They were the ones who did the the, the train. And over the years, we've featured a lot of different toys from their toy guide, as we did this year. Um, and they send us stuff. And, and I just love the stuff that they send. So I don't even know where to start. But um, I, this is a new game out from Discovery Toys. I'm not going to open it up because it's got a lot of pieces to it. But it's called Pick a Fruit. And for our kiddos that are struggling with handwriting, um, this, this is a great game to head that off at the pass or to deal with it once it's happening. This is a fun game, but I will tell you that it works on skills that are going to be able to help that because you've got these tongs and um, you've got the different fruit here and you roll the dice and it tells you the size of the, of the fruit that you want to pick and the color of the fruit. And now you have to pick it up with the tongs. And because they're in different sizes, um, you're going to apply different pressure to the tongs. It's actually going to build up the exact same muscles that our kiddos need for good handwriting skills. Educationally enriched environment. You know, you, you say, well, I want to work on handwriting or I want to work on hand-eye coordination skills, but they, they just know you're having fun and playing. But you can also be working on colors and numbers and all kinds of things. Um, super love this good wooden toy. We, we absolutely love that. Discovery uh, Toys. I do want to say that the other thing about Discovery Toys that I super love is the thing that people might go, oh, that was the thing that I wasn't so thrilled about. But I, I, allow me to suggest you think in a different direction. Discovery Toys, um, you basically what you do kind of like, I don't want to compare it to other things, but you know, um, you, there's a dealer. So it's, uh, it's not, not like that, but like Tupperware, I just didn't want to say like Tupperware, but you have a party. And what's, and you can do the party online, but what's great about it when you do a party is that these are really well-made toys. And when you do a party, you get gifts and percentages off so that it becomes more affordable. So if there's a toy, I would go and look at their website online and see, cause I guarantee you there's going to be a toy that your heart is going to go, Oh, I would love to be able to give that to my child. And it might be at a price point that is a little bit of a struggle for you right now with the way that the world is. And normally if you're looking at that just on Amazon, it's like, Oh, well, what are you going to do? But not with discovery toys with, with discovery toys. You have the opportunity to say, Hey, I'm willing to do, I'm not quitting my job, um, but I'm willing to do just a little bit of work to meet you halfway. And then I get a big discount or pretend potentially even get that toy uh, free or almost free, right? So I love that about Discovery Toys. You can have a party. And um, if people come to your party and order things, you get free stuff. So I encourage you to do that. It's a great way for families that want to give good quality toys, but um, you know, it's a hardship. So, uh, love that. So that's just one of the different things. Uh, but let me show you what else I've got here. I love, they've got a bunch of new puzzles and I love this. This is a mix of bear two-sided puzzle and it goes hand in hand with where have I got it. Uh, I love these two-sided puzzles. I didn't take the, I didn't want to have too much out. So I didn't take this apart, but here is the bear 
but I don't know if you can see on the back, I can make the bear in any combination of the black and white because he's two-sided. This is so clever, you guys. It's like getting two puzzles for the price of one and you're working on executive functions, right? Thinking it through, what do I want? This one I did uh, open up. So this is the uh, We All Belong puzzle. Mm -hmm. How much do I love that? So I've got all these children and notice that they are all the colors in the rainbow. And these are two sided puzzles. So I've got the little girl here and this is one side and she's got the orange headband on and I turn it over and she's got a green head because maybe she wants to change her clothes. It's kind of like a paper doll element. And, um, and of course I picked the one that you can't really see. Let's take this lovely young woman. And so you notice that here she's got a certain set of earrings on. And if I turn it over now, she's wearing a flower in her hair, which is super wonderful. I like the flower. So I'm going to put that there, but now I can choose what um, shirt do I want her to wear? Do I want her to have the sort of yellow green shirt on? Um, and then I can, you know, decide, does she want to have the blue pants on? Um, so each and every one of these puzzles, I can turn them over and I can mix and match um, but I love that we're setting an example that, um, you know, we go right back to the old training that we all got in the eighties about, you know, the, the damage that is done in education when we say that skin color is all one hue, uh, it isn't, um, so that is why Crayola no longer has a flesh colored crayon. Cause guess what? Flesh comes in every color in the rainbow and we need to be teaching that to our kiddos. Right? So I super love um, this puzzle because it doesn't beat us over the head with it. It just is like life. Um, so love that from discovery toys. Um, so that's a really good example for what we want in life. Right? Uh, I've got more here. I know I do on the floor. Uh, I did that one already. There's more behind me. Oh, the squeezy fun blocks. Okay. Let's talk about these. So, um, blocks are an important part of any, uh, development. And I, I love it when we blocks do double duty. So these are squeezy fun blocks. So there's a sensory component. They're that soft satin finish and they have a squeak to them. So we're getting all kinds of sensory. There are some blocks that are just a solid color but that have a shape, a color, and then an imprint of a shape. And then they've got um, uh, an animal. Uh, they're, they're, this, this block is three, so they show us three grapes, right? Um, so we're, we got lots of different things we can work on here. But I also love that other blocks have corresponding shapes that can go into so that I can work on stacking them. Yeah. Um, early building skills. But then within this squeezy box, they not only have the blocks that are solid color, but then they have animal blocks. So here's my elephant. Isn't he the cutest little thing on the face of the planet? And here's my, my tiger. So cute. I'm going to hold them up really quickly, except that I took one of the blocks. Um, my hippo was face down. You don't want to see the hippo face down. That's not what you want. So a uh, whole set of blocks, great gift for babies. Love it. It's called the Squeezy Block Fun. They, uh, it says right on it that they're fun to stack and that they're easy to grasp. I absolutely love it. But think about all the things that you can be teaching, that you can be saying, you know, which one is purple and which animal says, rawr, rawr, right? 
Um, lots of different things that we can be teaching there. And then I don't want to forget to talk about this guy. Um, this is my stick and play tree. It's got a little suction cup. So this goes on, goes right hand in hand with what we were talking about, educationally enriched environment. So you don't just stick a child in a high chair, right? We're learning all the time and having sensory input all of the time. So a lot of times, um, we'll, my son had one of those crawlers that you would stick him in and his feet would come out and he could roll it around different places before he could walk. But he had a busy bee that was stuck to his thing. This is really cool because I've got these things that come down. I've got all kinds of things that I can do. It rattles around. So if they're moving, uh, all different. So that's the stick and play tree. Um, and apparently he spins too, which is awesome. Oh, he makes a nice clicking noise when he spins. So all of these are super wonderful. It was already sticking. Um, so love that discovery toys, check it out, throw yourself a party, have it online. You'll get lots of great toys. The other day we were talking about our arts and crafts and I couldn't find my color, the ocean book and I found it. So just wanted to show you, this is the one that goes, this is from mud puppy. And this is the one that if you stick it in the bathtub, that each one of the pages then starts to have color or the child can take their finger and paint the dolphin. Um, it's soft. So, you know, it's good to the feel. It even has a good smell, you guys. Uh, <laughs> I can't tell that from where you are, but I'm telling you. So super fun, a way to do arts and crafts for babies in the bathtub without the mask, but they're getting the skills from the arts and crafts and seeing the efforts that they do when they put color, when they put water on it, that the dolphin and the star turn all different colors of the sea turtle and the puffer fish. And I love that they have the text on, on all of the animals as well. So you're, when you're in the bathtub, you're like, can you color the octopus? What color is the octopus? Um, now can you find the dolphin? Um, and they'll start to put together the dolphin, um, the letters and the things. We are almost out of time, but I'm saying hello to Claire and Sharmila and Christina. Uh, Christina loves puzzles. We do too. And to Jean, so glad to have all of you here. Amanda, I don't think I said hello to you before, but always happy to see you here. Uh, tomorrow we are back with a Temple Grandin uh, oldie but goodie. And then on Wednesday, we have Dr. Doreen Grampichet with us again. There are only two more Ask Dr. Doreen's till the end of the year. So you'll want to tune in on Wednesday to be here with her. Then we'll continue on with the toy guide. We're, we're really getting down to it now. So I think that the that Thursday is the one that you've all been waiting for because it's when we're going to talk about the speech building toys and the empowering employment toys. So that'll be super cool. And then uh, we are back on Friday with more toys with Nancy Allspot Jackson and Leah Hirschfeld from the research department with great research. So that's how the week is shaping up. And we are here uh, live next week for half of the week before we, we're going to be shutting down for Christmas for a few days to take a much needed refresh and break because we're going to come back with some really exciting things in January. But we are going to, during the break, you're going to see some, what we're calling the lost episodes of Autism Live, things that aired once, only once, and didn't make it onto YouTube while we were changing over producers. So the lost episodes of Autism Live will play during the break. All right, you guys, I just appreciate you so much. It's such a thrill and an honor to be able to be here with you. Thank you, Traven, for all your hard work. And we'll be back 
tomorrow with Dr. Temple Grandin. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now.